Hi everyone, this is Niharika Tagotra. I'm an energy consultant and nuclear physicist and currently pursuing a PhD in international relations. I have with me uh, Adil Barar who works on China and Chinese international affairs. Uh, Adil, uh, welcome to this uh, lobby. Um, so basically... Thanks Niharika, it's nice to be here. Yes, so let's jump straight away to what you're working on these days, which is the Chinese debt, uh, which has been accumulated because of the Belt and Road Initiative, and also the Evergrande uh, scenario, which is unfolding right in front of us. So if you could throw some light on these issues. Yes, um, so I've been looking at the whole aid data revelations, which came out of the William and Mary project. Uh, this revelation talks about the Belt and Road Initiative debt, which is almost about $385 billion right now. So the project has revealed that the countries which took on the debt from China, they have accumulated about $385 billion of debt, which is currently you know, owed to Beijing. And the number of countries that owe this debt are 42 countries. And, and the debt is something that should be you know, raising alarm all across the world because these countries owe almost 10% of their GDP as debt to China. And this is the first time we are able to see the scale of the problem and the debt that countries have taken on from China. Um, in past uh, research, we could see some of the uh, lending practices in Southeast Asia and Africa, but this project gives us a global outlook of the problem, as well as I've been looking at the local Chinese government debt, which has uh, balloon to $8.2 trillion, and this was revealed by Goldman Sachs um, recently. And the debt is 52% of the gross domestic product of the Chinese government debt. And I think this again connects to the larger problem that China is facing right now. And I think the campaign that Xi Jinping started with common prosperity is linked to um, the attempt to control the debt problem in China. And we have also seen the whole Evergrande crisis play out, which again is linked to the large amount of debt uh, the Chinese government has been giving out. And what we should notice and keep in mind is that it's not just the sovereign debt. Um, the Chinese banks and the institutions that have been lending are also equally leveraged when it comes to the amount of debt um, roaming around the markets at the moment. Right. Thank you so much for that, Adil. Um, so, Niharika, I have some questions for you as well. So, you research energy um, situation all across the world, the energy crisis that we are looking at right now. How do you think the energy crisis in China is linked to the global problem which we have seen in Europe and the UK? Right. Thanks for that, Adil. Um, actually, I have been researching on the European energy crisis and until recently and over the last week we've seen how this crisis has now percolated to the global level and we are seeing shortages all across China. Although the Chinese shortages are more or less linked to uh, you know, the, the fact that they have decided to cut down on their use of coal and there are uh, energy efficiency and uh, carbon emission targets that have been set out for each industry. And I think in the in the rush to kind of meet those targets, uh, these industries have cut down on their uh, uh, 
uh, fuel usage. And this is precisely why we are seeing some sort of a crisis that is unfolding in China. It is also linked to the global uh, gas crisis that we are witnessing across Europe and uh, across the US where uh, these uh, the prices of uh, natural gas have skyrocketed. Uh, I feel that this is going to have economic repercussions, if not um, basically stemmed uh, right away. Uh, most of the Chinese industries like steel and aluminium, they depend on the natural gas uh, flows and they use natural gas as, you know, a cleaner fuel compared to coal for the production of these uh, these commodities. And uh, if natural gas prices actually skyrocket like they are in the US right now, the US LNG is, uh, is at a seven year high. Um, as on date, and if these the input prices of gas do skyrocket, then we could see the rise uh, the prices of these commodities also increase, which is going to have um, you know important repercussions for the Chinese economy and the global commodity market on the whole, uh, which is already recovering from the after effects of the COVID pandemic. Uh, China has some sort of a, you know, dominance over the production of these commodities. And if uh, this is going to be another challenge for the supply chain resilience that we are talking about. So I feel like this is a major after effect of the COVID pandemic where the demand has suddenly spiked because there is and, you know, there's an economic recovery all across the world. But the supply for these for natural gas and, you know, uh, uh, the other forms of uh, fuels hasn't uh, basically been able to match up with the demand leading to this uh, uh, price, uh, steep price rise. And I feel this is something that we need to very closely watch in terms of how this impacts the Chinese economy and how this impacts uh, the production lines uh, that are emanating from China for these these basic commodities. Uh, yeah, so this is something that I'm currently looking at uh, in the context of Chinese affairs. Thanks, Niharika. This was a really interesting and engaging conversation. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Adil.